Something happened this weekend that really made me think of this poem. I had to look it up. Um, and so let me tell you what the poem is. First, they came for the socialists, and I did not speak out because I was not a socialist. Then they came for the trade unionist, and I did not speak out because I was not a trade unionist. Then they came for the Jews, and I did not speak out because I was not a Jew. Then when they came for me, there was no one left to speak for me. That was written by a German Lutheran pastor during World War II named Martin Noller, I think it is. Nemoller? Nemuller? I don't know. But that's the short version of the poem. And the Catholic Church continues to, I think, go down the wrong direction. We're going to talk about that today. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Okay, if you're not able to tell, you will sooner or later. I've got a cold, or the flu, or something. I feel like absolute crap today. I wasn't even going to do this podcast today. I felt so bad. I'm freezing my butt off, just shivering. Had a fever. Nose is running like a sieve. Headache. Everything. But I thought, you know what? I'm going to have four days off this week. So I decided to go through it. And not to mention, I just, there's so much happening right now. I think it's, it's, it, some of this stuff today is kind of important to talk about. But not this first story. Not this first story. Okay, this is this is going to be a bizarre thing for you to understand, probably because you're all Americans. I'm a huge soccer fan. I played for years. I know that's weird coming from an American, but I do love the sport. Because of that, you know I love the World Cup. Because it is the big soccer tournament in the world. I don't watch a lot of soccer outside of the World Cup, but I do watch the World Cup. Yesterday was the World Cup final, which pitted Argentina against France. Now, needless to say, I was a big Argentine fan yesterday. I'm not a big fan of Argentina, but I wanted Argentina to beat France because I just don't like France. But there was a lot of drama that went went into this game. A lot of people were talking before this game. For Argentina, you had Lionel Messi, who is considered the best player in the world, but has never won a World Cup. And this was probably going to be his last World Cup because he's 35 years old. So chances are he's not going to be playing at 39, or at least not starting. And everybody wanted him to win at least one World Cup. France won the World Cup four years ago. And if they had won again, it would be back-to-back the first time that... a country won back-to-back World Cups in something like 60 years. And then they have a fantastic player named Kylian Mbappe. The guy, I think, won the Golden Boot, which means he scored the most goals in in the World Cup. And he was fantastic yesterday. So you had a lot of, you had a lot of drama just going into the game, right? So, <coughs> it turned out to be a wow, a, a game beyond all belief. It started out, it started out, uh, Argentina started out 
very quickly. They took a 2 nothing lead. The first goal was uh, Messi getting a penalty kick. <coughs> and then uh, another goal scored. So it was 2 nothing in the first half. And it held that way all the way till 10 minutes before the end of the game. When Mbappe scored a goal... And then two minutes later, scored another goal on a penalty kick. With the game tied at the end of regulation, it was 2-2. Two to two. The game went into overtime. Now, in soccer, overtime is, is in FIFA soccer, overtime is two 15-minute uh, sections, two 15-minute quarters. And then if you nobody scores in those 15-minute quarters, then it goes into a penalty kick kickoff. So they actually try to just shoot at the goal with only goalie there. Uh, mind you, there is no sudden death in soccer. So they would play 30 minutes no matter how many goals were scored. So with nine minutes left in the second overtime, Messi scores a goal and Argentina takes a 3-2 lead. That's the second goal of the game. With about two minutes left in the second overtime, which means this game could have been done. Argentina commits a penalty and gives France a penalty kick. Mbappe knocks it in. Game tied 3-3. Now, I don't know if you understand soccer, but 3-3 is like going to a basketball game and seeing a game of 150 to 150. It is, it is a very high-scoring game. Good news is Mbappe ended up getting a hat trick. I think that's what summed it up for him getting the golden boot, which is kind of like the MVP or leading scorer or whatever you call it. Called. During the shootout, Argentina, Messi, and Mbappe were the first guys to come up. They both hit their goals. And then Argentina comes up, they score a goal, and France gets the goal blocked. Right? That's really bad. The next Argentinian scores again, and then the next French guy misses. Just misses the net altogether. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen a penalty kick. I mean, these guys are, are maybe 20 feet away from the goal. I don't know how you miss the goal from that close. And 20 feet's an exaggeration, which it's very close. He missed the goal completely. Argentina scores the next goal, scored four straight goals. Game over. Um, France wins. France, uh, or I'm sorry, France loses, and Argentina becomes the World Cup champions. Um, here's the thing. So, congrats to them. Uh, congrats to them. I'm glad France lost. I'm not a huge France fan, though. I'm a, a I'm a, a Mbappe fan. I think he's a great player. Of course, one group will not be congratulating Argentina, and that is the Washington Post. Last week, uh, during Argentina's run to make the final, the Washington Post released a story titled, Why Don't, Doesn't Argentina Have More Black Players in the World Cup? And it was by a gal named Erica Denise Edwards. In the article, she said, about roughly 200,000 African captives disembarked on the shores of Rio de la Plata, during the Argentina's colonial period. And by the end of the 18th century, one third of the population was black. 
Indeed, not only the, uh, is the idea of Argentina as a white nation inaccurate, it, is, it clearly speaks to a longer history of black erasure at the heart of the country's self-definition. And then she goes in and spends, I don't know, it, it probably another 3,000 words just going over the history of Argentine, Argentina and the slave trade. She does grudgingly admit at about paragraph 18 that Argentina does have a huge Hispanic population, but her history is about the whitewashing of that Hispanic population and the fact that the blacks were being erased over there. And Argentina not having any, quote, black players, end quote, is just proof of that. Well, here's the problem she had and never points out. The entire population is either Hispanic or white. The entire population, the entire population of Argentina is 45 million. And there are about 145,000 black people in Argentina. And no, none of them are slaves. They don't have slavery in Argentina. They're just not good enough. The black player, the black people are just not good enough to play for the soccer team, the national soccer team. And looking that Argentina won the World Cup, the coaches probably made some good decisions based on the best players in Argentina versus, okay, we got to get a black guy in here somewhere. They didn't think like that. They just wanted to win. They wanted the best players. And it just so happens they didn't have any black players that were going to be in the top 25 on that soccer team. What she also failed to mention is not that Argentina never had a black player on, on their team. They, they have. His name was Alejandro de Santos. He was really good, and they put him on the team. Here's The, st- the story did get some pushback uh, from people. Um, people from Argentina were pointing out the facts of the case. Eventually, the Washington Post had to make a correction to the story that stated, due to the editing error, an earlier version of the piece noted that roughly 1% of the Argentinian population was black according to a 2010 government release census. Actually, it never said anything of the kind. It said there were 145,000 black people in Argentina. It didn't mention there were 45 million Argentinians. So what's the percentile? You may be asking yourself, okay, what's the percent? There's a 0.4% black population in Argentina. 0.4%. If you stick one black person on the Argentinian soccer team, that would have been a higher representative percentage than what was actually in the country. Which, by the way, they didn't give a damn about. The, the Argentine, they, they, they just take their best players. So, continuing. While the number of black people cited was accurate, the percentage was actually far less than 1%, and the piece has been amended to state that. Of course, here's the question I have for, for when I read crap like this. I, I read it. I, I When I read, I, I do have a subscription to the Washington Post. I'm probably one of the only people in the country that does have a subscription to the Washington Post. 
But who the hell let this story go forward without actually checking out her numbers? Well, whatever, they did. The greatest response, believe it or not, came from the La Libertad Avanza, an official Argentine account, whatever that means. I don't know what it's officially doing, but it is an official Argentine account. They tweeted in answering the Washington Post question of why there were no back players on the team. This is what they said in English. Because we are a country, not a Disney movie. Wow. And there were far more responses to that, but that was the classiest response. People at the Washington Post don't seem to get this crap, though. I mean, people in other countries don't really care what we think. And they even think we're dumb. For example, I'm pretty sure Argentina's thoughts on transing kids is probably not a thing with them. Or having drag performers dance in front of kids is not a thing. They probably think we're really dumb to do this. We already know France thinks we're stupid. Because France openly said it. We're not doing any of that crap. The whole pronoun thing. Heck, people in the United States don't care what they think either what the Washington Post thinks. The news outlet has lost 500,000 subscribers over the last year. And you know what that means? No money's coming in and layoffs. Merry Christmas! So they made this announcement. I guess this guy is the CEO over at the Washington Post, and he's basically telling them, hey, we're going to have to lay some folks off. Now, I want you to listen to the reaction by the writers of the Washington Post and tell me what you think about that reaction. They sound like a bunch of elementary kids, elementary school kids that are not going to get that extra carton of milk during lunchtime. What a bunch of children. See, but this is the problem leftists have. What the guy should have said is, hey, you're the reason... You are the people that are writing this stuff. And what guarantee do I have of protecting your job? Zero. You guys are losing money. We're not making any money. What, you think they're going to grow? They're going to expand? And I thought I, I think one of the, it's the weakness of the CEO not to sit there and say, what do you mean what guarantee are you going to get? Absolutely zero. If your job's worthless, I'm going to can you. As a matter of fact, if I were that CEO, I would review any video that he had over there and fire every one of them that threw fits like that. They're, all those people, they're getting what they deserve. They're the ones that screwed up. And then they wonder why they're going under. Oh, by the way, they're all, um, they're all wearing masks too. What a bunch of whiny bitches. Anyway, congrats to Argentina. All right, let's get into this next story here. Yeah. Okay, Elon Musk is rocking and rolling with suspensions on Twitter now. Um, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure he should be suspending a lot of these people. And he seems not so sure either because a lot of the one person we're going to have, she he unsuspended her. 
which I think is a bad idea. I think she should be suspended permanently because she's a horrible human being. But the reason he's doing I mean, of course, the media says he's not doing it for any particular reason. He is doing it for a reason. It's called doxing. He is, he is suspending people who are doxing. Now, if you don't know what doxing is, doxing is when you post personal information onto Twitter so that people can follow other people, stalk other people. Apparently what happened either this weekend or last week, some account was monitoring Elon Musk's plane and Elon Musk's um, uh, travel plans. Elon Musk was with his kid and somebody actually began to harass him. And at that point, I guess he called the people, anyone who's doxing, get rid of them. Well, one of the people he decided to get rid of, and, and I, I kind of I, I kind of get this, why this may not have been right, was a gal named Taylor Lorenz. She is a doxer extraordinaire. Okay, I mean, that's all she does is dox people. And he decided to with some encouragement from people who she did dox, she decide, he decided to retroactively doc, uh, retroactively suspend Taylor Lorenz, and at the time it was permanent. Now she's back online, I, so it, that's not a thing. The thing is with Taylor Lorenz, and I'm not sure he should have doc, he should have suspended her permanently, let her do something else. But she is truly. She is truly a terrible human being that will find herself in hell if she doesn't get her crap together. Now, I'm not damning her, okay? I don't have to. She's doing that all by herself. So in the past, she, she is a gal who has gone from one newspaper to the other because she can't seem to hold a job. Um, she has written hit, she used to work for the New York Times. She's now working for the, uh, for the Washington Post. There's a shocker. Wait till you hear her. She's an idiot. So she has written hit pieces filled with lies against against people and companies. She has contacted companies to get people fired or discontinue business with other businesses that she doesn't like. She has tried to cancel people from social media companies. But her worst crime, again, and this is why she got suspended, is doxing. She gives out the names and addresses of people who want to remain anonymous. And it's not a case of one individual. She's done this numerous times. The biggest case, uh, the biggest account that she went after was Libs of TikTok. This is a gal who lives in, lives, I'm not going to say where, um, a Jewish conservative Jewish woman, got a family. She gave her name, her address, her phone number all on Twitter, left it up there, then deleted it, then published an article with this gal's name, address, and everything in the article. And and by the way, she's this is one of the most notorious cases of doxing that's ever been done. To this day, the libs of TikTok owner will not leave her house because she's scared of what's going to end up happening. Anywho's Tay Tay, which is what we're going to call her, uh, uh, Taylor Lorenz from now on, because that's what she likes, because she's a freaking idiot, was suspended by Twitter 
for violating terms of service, specifically the doxing in the past. Again, I'm not so sure he should have done that. I'm sure he probably should have just waited till she did it again because she can't help herself. But that's why he suspended her. So here's the thing with attention whores, which is what Tay-Tay is. They always want attention. Tay-Tay decided to go on all the other platforms and proclaim that she's been suspended. Of course, the BS flowed. She knows exactly why she was suspended. It was no secret. So I found three posts that I thought were absolutely hysterical on the different... And I want you to pay attention to certain things. She's an idiot. She's an absolute idiot. And, and one of the things she does, she calls herself a journalist. She's not a journalist. She's not an investigative journalist. She openly admits she uses social media platforms to get her information, and then she writes her journalisming based on the information that she gets off of social media. Can I ask you a question? Does that sound like journalism? Okay, so here's the first post I found, and it's 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 pretty funny. Listen. Subscribe to my Substack, please. It's taylorlorenz.substack.com. Let me put it in the comments. taylorlorenz.substack. Oh my God, we have libs of TikTok in here. Is that the real libs of TikTok? I honestly can't tell. You guys will have to tell me. Um, libs of TikTok. I've actually never wished suspension on other people. Let's not let's not get that twisted guys um i have always as i said earlier um i've always actually advocated for a discord like approach to twitter no uh i did not ask twitter to ban you haya i did not i reported on your account um it's up to twitter what they want to do as you know you got seven strikes um which is actually preferential t treatment because most people are banned i think Three to five strikes is the ban. So um, Libs of TikTok actually enjoyed special treatment from Twitter, which is something that we um, found out from the Twitter files, which I thought was very interesting. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've always said about Twitter um, that it needs more segmenting and people need to be able to determine their own experience of Twitter because I think that's the majority of the friction on Twitter. It's like, do I want to enter this crazy world where everyone's going to yell at me? Or do I just want to post about like NBA games to my friends, right? Um, and so that's the thing. What is this lady saying? Twitter admitted that I never violated their rules. Well, you, you did. You misgendered people. That's violative. Or it was violative under the old administration. As we know, the new administration doesn't care. So don't worry about that. Okay, I got to tell you, the one thing that turns me off with anybody is when you use a like every other word. Like, you know, like, if I did that in my podcast, I would sound like an idiot and no one would listen. Okay, now, the BS that this gal is, is throwing out there is absolutely incredible. Okay, first off, I noticed her crowd or the people that were actually listening to her. It started out at about 280, and then it ended up being about 190. I think in this video, if I remember the whole video, she actually was getting harassed by a lot of people that were just calling her, calling her BS, and she ended up getting off. I can't remember if it was this one or another. Second, 
lives in TikTok is doing the Shinzu thing. Know your enemy. So she pays attention to Taylor Lorenz because she doesn't know what she's going to do. As far as not wishing suspension, Taylor Lorenz doesn't want anyone to be suspended. Bullshit. That is complete bullshit. Her main goal in life is to get people she doesn't like canceled and get people she doesn't like suspended. She even says it in her little monologue. No, I just reported you. Well, what did you think was going to happen? And since when did misgendering become a thing? Now, I know I've been suspended from Twitter twice for misgendering. Or, you know, saying he, him when it's a he, him. That's misgendering. Now, this is where Libs of TikTok is also right. Yes, Libs of TikTok had seven strikes, and they didn't suspend her permanently or suspend her for a substantial amount of time. The reason? They couldn't find a terms of service violation. Twitter, and this is where both of them, Lorenz and Libs of TikTok are right, it was in the Twitter files. But in the Twitter files, it said, well, we can't really suspend her for more than a day because she didn't violate our terms of service. That was also in the Twitter files. So Lorenz is right off the bat lying. She did not have seven strikes on her account. She did, but they didn't know how to implement those strikes and they just made crap up. The Twitter files is really something, by the way. And do you notice she sits there and uses her name? The bitch is still doxing her. No one, she doesn't want her name out there, but she keeps using her name. Because she's a, she's a whore. How can I, how, how else can I put it? She's a stupid whore. She's an intention seeking, I, if you can't tell, I don't like this broad. I think she's a terrible, terrible human being. Now, she wants to, she thinks that Twitter should be segmented so she could report like baseball scores or talk about the basketball game. You can do that already. That's not what she's using Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok, YouTube for. That's not what she's using it for. She's using it to attack people. Don't forget, this bitch was one who sat back and one was crying because she's being so molested on there. I mean, oh, she's such a terrible human being. I, I swear to God, and you, 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 you sit there, I swear, no, no, don't swear to God, don't do that. But she's just a bad person. Well, she's not done, and she loves this crap. She's getting tons of attention. Well, Tay-Tay, we'll give it to you. But your 15 minutes has started counting down because people are beginning to see this is a bad person. I mean, she can't hold a job at a newspaper. They're constantly letting her go. Here she is responding to the ban. Let's listen to what she's got to say and then pick apart the bullshit in this section. 
Hey guys, the rumors are true. I have been permanently suspended by Twitter. I was given zero reason, only had three tweets on my account. Two of them were promoting my other social media channels, um, which you guys should follow. Taylor Lorenz at Instagram.com, TaylorLorenz.Substack.com. Have a new YouTube channel. Um, but yeah, I was suddenly logged out. I just had those two tweets and a tweet where I asked Elon for comment today, revealing zero information. Um, super crazy. Uh, Elon seems to be banning anyone he disagrees with, and I certainly um, didn't violate any terms that I was aware of. So um, that's the story right now, but follow me on Instagram, uh, TikTok, YouTube, pretty much every other social media. I'm just at Taylor Lorenz. <laughs> And I'm here with my fellow band user, Ryan Mack. You know, once you get banned, you have these kind of meetups. Um, and so we're at our local meetup. Okay, the BS is strong in this one. Um, no, she only had three tweets on her account. She deleted all of them because she knew if they caught any of those tweets, she was going to be suspended. She had doxxed dozens of people. And if they had gone through her account, Musk had said, anyone doxing, you're gone. Retroactively. And by the way, I don't necessarily agree with that. But the fact is, once you put something on Twitter, it's there forever. Whether everyone can see it or whether Elon Musk himself can see it. It's there forever. So she deleted everything except for three tweets. And one of the tweets was aimed at Musk. And then this this dumb broad is running around and saying, well, he deleted me because I wanted to ask him questions and he didn't want questions asked. So much for free speech. By the way, that's where the, the leftist media is going. That he is not that the people he suspended, and we're not talking he suspended half of Twitter. He suspended like five guys, five people, including this dumb broad. And they were all doxing. And he said they're doxing. That's the one thing I'm really happy with um, Elon Musk. He uses Twitter, and he is fine with uh, sitting back and saying, hey, you know, you're doxing, sorry, bye. No private information. The stuff she is pushing on other social media accounts, she had said that, oh, well, I, I was promoting my other social... Yeah, she was promoting her other social media accounts, but she was promoting through links to things that violated the terms of service. So, for example, you can't dox on Twitter. So why don't I put a link in Twitter that points to Instagram that doxes someone somewhere else? That's what she was doing. No one kicked her out because they didn't agree with her. She gets kicked out because she's making lives of people miserable. And she's putting lives in jeopardy. A la libs of TikTok. They're she is pretty upset about this. Finally, Tay-Tay has delusions of grandeur. Uh, she thinks that it is she is so important that Elon Musk is personally monitoring her and suspending her. Well, here's a little hint. He's not. He, you know, he doesn't care that much about her. Matter of fact, he didn't even know who she was until someone, through a tweet, complained about her. As a matter of fact, he cares so much about Tay-Tay. He was at Qatar watching the World Cup final yesterday. 
and she was suspended when 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 what what yesterday he wasn't he had nothing to do with it but you know hey here she goes listen all my tweets I actually have an auto deleter that's supposed to delete like every two weeks, but it was like on the fritz and I think it was just like mass deleting my stuff or Elon was deleting my stuff. I don't know. All I know is I could still see my tweets, but other people were saying that they couldn't see my tweets anymore. I could still see all my tweets though. <laughs> anyway, where was I? Um, yeah. And so I just was like, okay, the only thing I'm going to tweet, the only thing I'm going to tweet is asking Elon for comment, which I did. And that's when he banned me because I asked him for comment as a journalist. Is that crazy? Elon's probably watching this live on a burner. Yeah. Well, Elon, what's up? You're crazy. You, he's so crazy and so messy. It's so embarrassing to be a billionaire and be on the internet. Like that is so fucking embarrassing. You literally, you have so much money. You could hire your favorite band to like play for you every night or like go like literally have a private chef cook whatever you want you know you have a million fake friends that would come over for a party every night um and then you are sitting on twitter that's crazy i still can't get over that that's like there's that great tweet which now i can't find because i'm not on there well i have i have like alt accounts but um so i will find it and i will post it i mean the arrogance of this broad to think that elon musk who's worth 200 and 20 billion dollars would buy a burner phone just to listen to her talk you see the narcissism in this woman that elon musk is personally sitting back and just waiting to ban her absolutely incredible and you can hear by the way she said like in that one minute and 20 second clip Eight times. Like, oh, crazy, crazy. That's the journalism that the Washington Post promotes. And they wonder why they lost 500,000 subscribers in the last year. Listen, I, I she's not banned anymore. Um, it, 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 Musk has a tendency of doing Twitter polls, which, by the way, he's got a great one out there now where he says, I don't want to be, or uh, he says, should I be CEO of tw Twitter or should I get someone else? Well, it, by uh, the 57 to 43%, he's actually not going to be the CEO of Twitter anymore. He's going to hunt for someone, I guess, which I think wasn't because I'm doing such a bad job. He decided to give Twitter up to somebody else only because he's got, I don't know, launch things into space and stuff like that, that he's worried about. And maybe Twitter is not the most important thing that he has to worry about. But I mean, that's not what the left is saying. The left is saying that people hate him and he's beginning to feel the pressure. He's not feeling any pressure. That guy does not feel pressure. But this broad, I do not believe in permanent suspensions. This broad does harm. She should be permanently suspended. She should never be allowed on this platform again. She's a terrible human being. She'll rot in hell. I hate her. End of story. But congratulations to Argentina for winning the World Cup. Okay, let's get to this last story. I know I'm running late, but this last story, I've got a lot to say here. 
And uh, yeah, and I'm sorry to Dave. The Dave rule is going out the window today because this is a very interesting story. And I think we're going to see a lot of controversy in the future concerning the Catholic Church, Church's commitment to its own doctrine. Okay, what it professes to believe. So let's take a look at this story. So according to Fox News, Father Frank Pavone, a firebrand pro-life activist who has stirred controversy over the issues, issue within the church, was removed from the Roman Catholic priesthood this fall. Pavone was officially removed from the clergy on November 9th following receipt of a letter from Pope Francis's representative in the U.S., according to the New York Times. The letter ordered Pavone to be removed with the no possibility of, of appeal. Wow. That sounds like a lot of leftist uh, process. Quote, this action was taken after Father Pavone was found guilty of canonical proceedings of blasphemous communications on social media and of persistent disobedience of the lawful instructions of his diocesan bishop. The letter reportedly reads, without specifying the communication. So basically they suspended him. They said it's because you've been blasphemous, and yet they don't say what he said. <clears throat> Buffon claimed he received no communication from the Vatican in an interview with the Catholic News Agency Saturday. Nevertheless, he said his removal comes as little surprise. Quote, I've been persecuted in the church for decades. Decades. This is nothing new for me, he told the CNA. They just don't like the work I'm doing for these babies. What a... What blasphemous communications? Well, he, Pavone told us, he said GD once in 2020. Um, I looked through his feed. I looked for about two years through his feed. I didn't see anything blasphemous. I never even saw the GD remark. What I did see, see was a heavy social media presence, a man who went on a lot of podcasts, a man who recorded his talks, a man who recorded his sermons, and a man who made it very clear that the Democrat pro-abortion views were evil. He also did say several times that what we're doing to children with this trans BS is evil. That could be seen that because... Well, the trans and gay rights and gay marriage and all that stuff's not being seen as evil by the church. Matter of fact, they're kind of leaning into it. Now, this can be very difficult for a left-wing Pope Francis, who is anti-abortion, but he does seem to tippy-toe around the subject. Because here's something Pope Francis is also. He's a globalist and a climate activist. The United States is the enemy of globalists because of that little thing called a constitution, the the right of individual free the individual freedoms that the United States has put in that constitution, and of course guns. We're not going to become a globalist country anytime soon. Pope Francis is not a fan of the United States and supports the Democrats and the left in the United States because he wants to transform he wants the transformation of the United States into a globalist kumbaya community with the rest of the world. <coughs> he does not need a priest under his purview attacking his 
preferred political sect. So what's the best way to handle this? Well, let's get rid of him. Don't let him answer any of the charges. Don't give any of the charges. Don't let him appeal. And just defrock him. Here's the thing. This whole thing, it's not looking good for the church. <coughs> Catholic church. I'm a Catholic, if you don't know. This is why this story I, I couldn't let go. And I did some research on yesterday to figure out what the hell was going on here. And you can see the cracks with the within the Catholic church on this defrocking. Okay. Bishop Joseph Strickland, a bishop, tweeted, The blasphemy is that his holy priest, this holy priest, is canceled while an evil president promotes the denial of truth and the murder of the unborn at every turn. Vatican officials promote immorality and denial of the deposit of faith and priests promote gender confusion, devastating lives. Evil. Then you had another priest, and this guy's a little nuts. This guy's named uh, Father Tom uh, Bombadil. And yeah, if that sounds familiar, Tom Bombadil is uh, a character in the Tolkien books. And yeah, this guy's a huge Tolkien guy. So I guess he changed his name to Tom Bombadil. He said, he tweeted in response, Your Excellency, please stop talking. You are embarrassing yourself and the church. The former Father Pavone made an idol of politics and was basically a Vegas celebrity priest. He's been adrift for a long time. This scares me because this is a crack in Catholicism. Anti-abortion is church doctrine. So is gay marriage. So is childbirth out of wedlock. If the church can't take something, let's just say we, we, let's just say right off the bat, okay, let's talk about simply about abortion. Then you've got to sit there and say, okay, everyone in the Catholic church should be on the same page. But the fact of the matter is that some people are not. And by the way, uh, Pavone didn't say anything about gay marriage. Didn't say anything about transing of the kids that I saw. I'm sure he did. But all that stuff is still doctrine. And priests, popes, bishops, cardinals, monsignors, they should all support the ending of abortion and the calling out of the evil that is abortion. They're not. I also feel that I also feel that when the church bends to something as evil as abortion, I because of some other things they want pushed through, that's cowardice. You can be for globalism, which is what that idiot uh, and, and I'm calling my pope an idiot, which is what that idiot Pope Francis wants to do. But he should also stand up for anti-abortion, killing of babies. You know, there's a story. It, this reminded me yesterday, and that's why I decided to go longer. And I, I know I feel like I feel like crap, and but 
and it's cold, but my anger makes me warm. It reminds me of St. Maximilian Kolbe, his story. And that's why I, I used that, that poem in the beginning. St. Maximilian Kolbe was a Polish friar. When the Germans attacked, Kolbe was very much against the Germans. Very much against the Germans. But the Germans, because he was a priest, and a lot of, German, a lot of the German soldiers supported him, just let him continue doing what he was doing at his little uh, monastery. And one of the things he was doing at that monastery was printing uh, pamphlets that went against the Nazi party. So St. Maximilian Kolbe was eventually arrested and he was sent to uh, Auschwitz. He was actually sent to a prison camp first. Then he was sent to Auschwitz. Now, there was no plans to kill Maximilian Kolbe, but he would not stand with the Germans, even though the Nazis gave him the opportunity to join them in, in words only. I mean, he still could be against the Germans, but the Nazis, and they didn't want to kill him. But he stood his ground and refused to sign a piece of paper that offered homage to the Nazi regime. And he was sent to Auschwitz. There was an escape by a one of the prisoners, a Jew. And so the Nazis ordered that 20 men were to be put into a chamber and starved to death. And the idea was, this is an example of what will happen when you go against the Nazi government. Well, they picked out 20 Jews or 10 Jews, I can't remember the number. And St. Maximilian Kolbe said, you know what, I'll, I'll take the place of this guy, the guy who had escaped. For two weeks, Maximilian Kolbe and the 20 people did not have food or water. Two weeks. At the end of two weeks, only three people, including Maximilian Kolbe, were alive. Finally, the Germans said, screw it. And they just gave them uh, some sort of barbiturate that killed them all because they needed the chamber. The Nazis needed the chamber in Auschwitz. Here's the thing, what we can learn from St. Maximilian Kolbe. You need to stand your ground no matter what comes to you. No matter what you believe, what the Nazis were do doing was evil. And St. Maximilian Kolbe, who was a Catholic friar, sat there and said, you know, I'm going to make a stand here. And it means I got to die, I got to die. All those people that were in those those chambers, <coughs> as they died one by one, when the guards walked up, and the guards, the Nazi guards, did have sympathy for him. He was either on his knees praying with the other prisoners, or he was standing and preaching with the prisoners. That is bravery. What the Catholic Church is doing right now is cowardice. We can't stand up for the babies. We can't stand up to abortion, even though it's strict doctrine. 
because we got other agendas that are more important than abortion, killing of babies. I find it cowardice. I think Pope Francis is a coward. I think a lot of the upper government, uh, upper echelons of the Catholic Church are nothing but cowards. And what's really, really, really sad is that this, their cowardice will end up breaking this church. Because I got news for you. This guy, he's a hero. And maybe it's going to be better. Because now he has broken the chains that have kept kept this Pavone guy. Has broken the chains that have kept him more silent than he probably would have been. So good for him. And um, I think the one thing we can learn is just always stand up for what you believe. Don't crack down. That's one of the reasons why whenever you hear someone who got into trouble because he or she said something and then they automatically turn and apologize. Don't ever apologize for saying what you believe. I will never do it. When I call a he, when I call a he, a she, don't call a he or she, I won't change my mind. No, you're not a he, you're not a she, you're a he. We need to do that with just about everything. Okay. Sorry it ran long. It happens. Have a great day. Visit my website at dumbassestalkingpolitics.com. Read about St. Maximilian Colby because he's, he's, he's an animal. Uh, take care. Love you all. This is Gene, and you've listened to Dumbasses Talking Politics.